Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back to Locked on NBA. Thanks a ton. Appreciate you stopping by. Earlier this week, we dropped episode 11. It was the Scout. This is episode 12. It's the Scout, but it's a different Scout. And that adds to, hopefully, the flavor of everything you're getting. I'll ask some of the same questions. We'll discuss some of the same topics. But you'll get a different perspective. And that is from a Scout, anonymously, hired by an NBA team, comes on the show. Uh, We give him that uh, freedom to talk a little bit, share his points of view without anyone knowing who he is in exchange for that anonymity. So that's the deal. Uh, and I appreciate you uh, uh, tuning in, downloading five stars on any of your podcatchers is greatly appreciated. And we thank SeatGeek for their time. If you're a SeatGeek veteran, remember promo code LOCKED gets you $20 off after your first purchase. So go ahead and use the promo code LOCKED for your next uh, jump in if you're interested. Our daily podcast is Locked on Jazz. That's predominantly jazz and NBA related, but this is league-wide. And scout number two, scout Roman numeral two, I think is what we decided last time, right? Yeah, that's what I prefer to go by. Yeah, you like the Roman numerals. I like it. All right, I'm going to ask you the same question I opened the last scout interview with. Warriors or Spurs? Spurs. Wow, Why? Uh, I think the grind of trying to do what hasn't been done in a long time that the Warriors had is uh, is going to wear on them. And if they don't meet until the Western Conference Finals, I think um, just the cumulative effect of having to play every night um, throughout the season is, is going to wear them. Where then down and and especially where stepped down. Is this uh, was this avoidable or is this the fact that they're just the Warriors and so what we watch every night is everyone coming with their best shot. I mean, I I, I went to our shoot around. That was I, I could make an argument. That's a different shoot around. I'm sure the coaches claim that every day has been treated the same, and maybe it was just the players that were different that day. But I could make a claim that was a different shoot around. There was an intensity level that I hadn't seen at other times this year. Uh, is it? Was it avoidable, or is it just that that the uh, the opponents have been so ready to go? I think there's the, the natural grind of the NBA season that goes on where there are lulls in every year, depending on whether you're a playoff team or a team trying to get the home seed or whether you're a non-playoff team. So there's lulls two or three a year where you have – times where you might lose five out of six or six in a row or six out of eight or something along that line. And sometimes it's the scheduling issue that the league puts in that you're just going to have a hard time winning. Like when Golden State had the uh, back-to-back and they lost to Milwaukee 
um, there's going to be those lulls in the season. And then when you, those are built in. And then when you have to be, because you've said this is your goal, you have to be at the top of your game, taking everyone's best shot for 82 games. Um, I think it's unavoidable. Um, There's, they're obviously a deep team and they have good players and good shooters and, you know, they play a different style than other teams, but there are, there are some flaws in their game. And then you see like last night, uh, Minnesota basically had them beat except that three other guys on the court decided that the Warriors needed to win that game. And, that helped out at the end. When, what are the flaws? Uh, I think teams that are confident enough in playing big can give them problems, and especially with Bogut in and out with health issues. But if you make Draymond play a five-man, if you're in a switch situation, or you make him play a big four-man like you're playing against the Spurs, and he has to play against Marcus Aldridge. That's different than other teams that are trying to foolishly match up with them, because there's not there's not another Draymond Green in the league. Um, so I think teams that play big and are comfortable with that, and then can still put pressure on Steph, he you know he wears down like everybody else. And he certainly had a great year, but if you keep consistent pressure on him, uh, I think that's a that's a big deal. All right, but everything I've read all year is that you have to spread the floor, you have to sp- stretch, you have to, and you're saying you you can play big and win. Uh, what, what's what's the what's the answer here in the league right now? Well, I think to beat them, you have to play big because. They're so good at what they do. There's no other team that's built like them. And the other, again, the other teams are foolish to try to do it. Um, you know, if you look at the teams that have beaten them, they have, I think, fairly much across the board. They have good inside games. And they're consistent throwing it in there. And, you know, you you make them a small team when you do that. And any pressure you can put to to play is great, obviously. So um, their bench is good, but they were playing great early on. And, you know, except for the veteran, Mike Iguodala or Sean Livingston, uh, the other guys have been up and down. So there's there's pieces and parts that you can pick at, but... I think it's a philosophy that you have to understand going into the game that Steph is going to make unbelievable shots and you can't overreact to that. If you want to double-team somebody, uh, it's not running a double-team at Steph. It's double-team and Draymond because they run so much through him, especially in the post. That that's where having a big guy on him helps take away some of his effectiveness. Wait, wait, wait. All right. This is really interesting. So double-team Draymond, not double-team Steph? Correct. They run so much through Draymond in the post that because you're so worried about Steph and 
Clay and and whoever else might be out there, that he gets to pick out who he's passing the ball to. And a lot of that he does at the top of the key in the early offense. But if you're able to double-team him and go hard at him and make a full rotation out of it that you have a chance to – that you might give up a three-point shot, but you're going to give up less back-breaking layups when those guys cut, and you're going to be able to stay home and uh, not in the paint but closer to your man. So, yeah, I think you would see if you went through the year that teams that are doing that or keep a big guy on Draymond, a natural four, uh, a bigger guy, are teams that have been pretty effective. Interesting. Really interesting. Let's take a quick break and talk about SeatGeek. SeatGeek is always the first place to go when you look for tickets for a game or a concert. SeatGeek is an app on your phone, and it's the easiest thing to use. Download the app, completely user-friendly, and here's the best part about SeatGeek. It pulls all of the tickets available from other sites into one place. You save time, you never miss a deal. So, for example, if you want to go to an NBA playoff game, you want to go to an NCAA tournament game that's coming up, or any of the big regular season NBA games, you check out the game, you search for it, and then it will show you which seats are the best. Each seat is given a great big green circle, says great value. Small little red dot, bad value, don't buy that. And all of the ticket pricing is honest and upfront. Unlike StubHub, SeatGeek shows you the full price from start to finish, never surprising you with huge fees at checkout. It's that easy. Download the app, then go to the settings tab, add the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get $20 after you make your first ticket purchase. That is $20 for the promo code LOCKED. SeatGeek, download it now and find out the experience. Relay to me how great your experience has been. Do the Spurs have a flaw? Um, I just think if they, if any of their big three or four get hurt, you know that could give them the issue. But you know they've gone to a different mindset this year. It appears, and it's been said, but instead of resting guys as they have in the past, they chosen to play guys and keep a good a better flow going of their rotation and their goal is to try to blow people out early and then rest guys in the fourth quarter something similar to what Golden State is is doing a lot of times whether it's on purpose or not but um, that's where those guys like Duncan and Parker are getting their rest this year so I, I this is I make mistakes on this all the time because I like to fight the narrative, right? Like I hear the narrative and then it becomes groupthink, and then I have to say, wait a sec, wait a sec, am I just believing this because everyone's telling me this, or because it's true? And then I want to find something that proves to me that's true. So the narrative right now is that you have to spread the floor to be successful offensively, right? Isn't that? Do we agree with that? that that's kind of the narrative. You got to stretch the floor. You've got guys playing. Teams are closing games with obviously Draymond, but Jay Crowder. I mean, there's everything from everywhere around the league. Yet, I'm in Utah. Our best two-man lineup, our best twosome offensively so far this year is Favors and Gobert, which defies all logic. I go look at the top offensive teams in the league, and while, of course, there's a Warriors, there's also a Spurs. There's a Clippers, which I wouldn't say is a particularly stretch. The Thunder, which I would say are kind of an eh, sort of stretch team. There's, uh, so... 
So which is, like, what is, can you do both? Do you have to stretch? What's, when you scout these teams and break down these games, what's your feeling on this? I think um, you have to play with what you're best suited for, and as you go into games, you're going to find matchups. And obviously, um, when Kevin Durant's playing the four for Oklahoma City, that's not their starting lineup, but he plays that. You know, during winning time, he's playing that way. And I think a lot of teams have done that over the last three or four years to play in uh, a smaller version with another ball handler, another shooter out on the floor. But I think over the course of the game, I think both can be effective. It's just what is the coach's philosophy and what's he going to live with, what's he going to give up. What's he comfortable with in his system? And I think all can be successful. I think the way the game is being called, some that um, there's less hand-checking available. So having a space for gives guys better driving opportunities. They're not getting stopped as often or held up as often. And so spacing and cutting and timing is helpful and obviously you know, there, there are more three, more effective three-point shooters that are on each team. But I think that there's a there's still the while the narrative is that everybody needs to play small and everybody, you know, we're a copycat league and so teams try to do what's successful for another team. I think as the year goes on, more and more teams have figured out that Golden State is unique. Indiana's a good example, right? Frank Vogel started small, got big. They've got to start playing better. You mentioned the Thunder. They're 8-8 eight and eight since the uh, All-Star break. I, I was in a conversation. Someone said, most disappointing team in the league, and everyone obviously jumps on Houston and New Orleans. I actually brought up the Thunder. Like They're supposed to be a title contender, and I know they're going to win 55, 56 games, so it's hard to criticize them, but it doesn't feel like they – doesn't feel like they've moved forward. What are you seeing when you see Oklahoma City right now? Um, I see a brand new coach to the NBA who, at crunch time, um, you know, he's had a he's had a tough year. It's a tough job to begin with, going in and following the success that Scott had, but. Then you have two dynamic players that you need to keep um, incorporated into the flow of the game all the time with another one in Ibaka that feels like he needs to get lots of shots. But you have all that, and then all of a sudden his two most experienced assistants haven't been with him for stretches. Uh, you know, Monty with his wife, with the loss of his wife, is, is gone, and that was his number one assistant. And then you had Mo Cheeks, who's been the head coach in the league, however successful you want to characterize it. He's been a head coach in the league and has a great rapport with those players, and he was gone for a long stretch of time. And so all of a sudden, the other guys on his bench haven't been on the NBA bench, on the front of the bench before. Um, one of them hasn't even been in the league before. So as a player or a coach, 
so all of a sudden all that falls back onto Coach Donovan, and I think that's where the really good NBA coaches make their money and make their marks are, are at the end of the game. I mean, they have two guys that are closers, that are registered closers in Westbrook and Durant, and um, I think looking from the outside, that's where I've seen them fail the most is uh, making those in-the-game adjustments, in-the-game plays that people used to rail on Scott Brooks about. Um, but you can definitely see there's a there's something missing there. Who are, I love that phrase, who are the registered end-of-game closers? And how many are there? Like, I always think this is this is the misnomer to me in the league. How many are there really? How many guys are registered end-of-game closers? Um, I think it's guys that you know can get buckets and and or can get to the free throw line and are going to get the calls. So you'd probably start like a Dirk Nowitzki. You'd start with uh, Dwayne Wade. Start with Chris Paul. Um, then I throw in LeBron James. I mean, he's a pretty good player. Uh, <laughs> Steph is is in that. Um, Damian Lillard is is pretty darn close. I've seen him win win a lot of games and put teams out. Um, the artist formerly known as Kobe would be in that group. Probably not this year. And, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's, Hard. Uh, yeah, Carmelo, I guess you could, you could throw in that. He just doesn't get as many of those opportunities as he used to be. And, and Joe Johnson has been that guy for the Nets. And for the Hawks, would you uh, would you put Harden in that group? Uh, yeah, I guess I have to. I put. I missed him. I was kind of running through the league in my head as we. All right. How about so, another? Would you put Kyle Lowry in that group? He's. I'll put him in that group. Yes. He's he's arguably the MVP of the Eastern Conference this year, isn't he? I think so. Yeah, we don't get to see him enough to. Go out and say 100%, but I'd say you'd probably have to say for sure that he's he's definitely the heart of that team. Can Toronto beat Cleveland? Yes. Would you take Toronto over Cleveland? I would hope and would take them. <laughs> <laughs> what do you see? Cleveland just – are they any different under – I don't know if you've got a chance to dig into them. Are they any different under Tyrone Lue than they were under David Blatt? Um, I think they're getting closer to being back to what they were under Blatt. I think, number one, it's hard to change things in the middle of the year. Um, do I see a lot of difference? I think they're running more NBA, normal NBA sets. But they've changed since he first took over, and the third week since he took over, and and now, so they've been making adjustments 
over the course of time, I've just been fortunate to kind of see we didn't play. Um, actually, I didn't see them play early on very much until the coaching change and seeing five or six of their games since the coaching change live. So you kind of see a, a different progression, and it kind of happens with all new coaches. I have these great ideas from sitting over on the side that I think would be good for our team. And then you go through the adjustment period of, well, these really aren't going to work either in the NBA or with our team specifically. So I'm going to have to put those aside. Then I'm going to fall back on what, what other guys have done that have been successful. You mentioned that in the final five minutes of games is when coaches make their, Hey, uh, you know, really having the impact on games. I think we we know of Pop and we know of Carlisle. I think would be a guy or two guys that everyone talks about in that regard. Who else would you add to that group of coaches and maybe some names that people don't really think about that are particularly good late in games? Um, Doc Rivers is is at the top with those other two guys, and then um, I think Spolstra does a a great job and he's good with having his making things for the guys that he has in place and he's changed through the years. Budenholzer does a a really good job <clears throat> excuse me of, of getting his guys in in spots and getting good shots late. And um uh Steve Clifford, as you know, especially this year, a few games I've seen and um, he's done a good job. And I think a lot of it is is knowing your roster, um, knowing, you know, who's playing well that night, where they like to get shots, and then what your advantages are against the team you're playing specifically that night and how they're playing your best players at that time. Um, Terry Stotts does a nice job, but I think those other guys probably would be my top five. Anybody you've scouted this year or recently and thought to yourself, wow, that's great stuff. They're running really creative stuff. Um, you know, Coach Schneider last year was very creative. He did stuff that other teams haven't done um, and relied on great ball movement. I think he's dialed that back a little bit and gotten maybe a little more simplistic, not that they're simple, but this has simplified a little bit of what they've been doing. Um, as far as creativity, I think probably Brad Stevens is, is one of those guys that's up near the top of the list um, at this point. Eastern Conference, anybody other than Toronto or Cleveland that you think could end up in the Eastern Conference Finals? I think a healthy Boston could cause some problems um, and make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think a little bit of the, be about seeding and matchups. Miami seems to be playing pretty well right now. Welcome um, to another edition first of hand, but But that could be a team that could, could give teams issues because they have a closer, good coach, and if they're, if they're healthy, they're, they could give some issues. 
Western Conference, Chandler Parsons is out, it sounds, uh, or he is. Uh, Houston, Portland, Houston, Dallas, and Utah are all battling for a final playoff spot. Which is the most likely to get voted off the island? Utah. Elaborate. Elaborate. That's all right. Elaborate. Um, If I had to... I have to go with the ones that have the most experience. I think in that in that group, um, and uh, I think Portland is they're scary. Like their nights, they can be great. Um, Utah is always in the game, and they're always going to give every team the a great battle and I think they're real close, but I think they're a great guard away from being able to make that jump to be ahead of those other teams. Is Shelvin Mack surprisingly the most important trade deadline acquisition by any team? Yeah, he's the most improved player in the middle of the year. I mean, we did this whole trade deadline, all Tobias Harris to Detroit, all this other stuff. Like the deal nobody even noticed happened may be the deal that has impacted the NBA the most. Unless Channing Fry and Cleveland's going to change who they are. No, at this stage, I'd, I'd have to agree with you. Seeing uh, Mr. Mack firsthand on a couple of occasions, he's been uh, he's been really good. Obviously, after watching them against the uh, Wizards. You know, every team, every player finds those games where he's especially motivated, so he knew he was going to play great, and then he came out the next night, played great against the Kings, and he's continued to to do that. He's found a, a hole and filled it, and he's been playing very well. Is that a product? I mean, here's a guy who's a third pick. He's played – or third – point guard. He's played like 140 minutes all year. Are these guys floating around on rosters everywhere? Where If they get the right opportunity, they can do it? Or is there something systematically here that this is a unique circumstance? I think there there's been consistent examples of guys like him every year that um, jump in, fit in a spot, and and roll for a while, and maybe it's the in baseball, it's the pitcher from one league comes to another after the all-star break, and you're getting to see the guy more, and um, it's it's about opportunity, and he's prepared himself for the opportunity. He's playing, he's playing great at this point, and you just wait and see whether it's going to be. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Troy Daniels, or and he's hot for a while, or whether he's going to keep rolling, or you know, whether it's a uh, uh, Gary Neal who's has a great stretch. You know, it's, it's finding out why he wasn't the first or second guard in Atlanta, or why he wasn't the first or second guard in Washington. And maybe it's it's just because of numbers and. Um, I think every time that an NBA guy feels he has the confidence of the coach, 
and he has an opportunity to play and do what he thinks is good for him, he's going to play at his best. And I think that's one of the things Coach Schneider has done really well and Coach Budenholz has done well. And even, you know, going back to a pop is, is getting those guys to feel great about their roles when they come in and this is what we expect of you. And if you do what we expect of you, you have a chance to play. And that gives them confidence and you get the best possible Sheldon Mack you can at that time. All right. Here's the $24 million question. Are you ready? You don't, you don't get any of it, by the way. That's uh, I'd like it in PayPal. If you could just yeah. look at my PayPal. We'll see if it, just keep waiting. Uh, so your first team NBA forwards this year are all right. Are likely Kevin Durant and, uh, Kawhi Leonard and your second teams are LeBron James and Draymond Green in some capacity. There are seven players who I would argue have a chance for a, uh, actually six players have a chance to be third team all NBA forwards. So they are Paul Millsap, Paul George, Anthony Davis, LaMarcus Aldridge, Jimmy Butler, DeMarcus Cousins is either a forward or a center. I'm not sure. And I guess Dirk Nowitzki, the way he's playing recently, probably deserves to be mentioned there. I don't know if he fits. Who are your two that make all third team all NBA forward? Millsap, George, Anthony Davis, Dirk, LaMarcus Aldridge, Jimmy Butler, DeMarcus Cousins, unless, unless we think Jimmy Butler's a guard. Is Jimmy Butler a guard? He classifies. I'd give Jimmy Butler a guard. All right, so Butler's a guard. Anthony Davis has more chance to get to his twenty-four million if we do that. Demar Derozan is a guard. Uh, maybe Demarcus is a. It's hard to tell what he is. Um, I'll leave that comment just to sit there. Uh, all right, who are your two of that list? Davis and Cousins. So Davis and Cousins. So you're going to give. Carl Anthony, you're going to give. Uh, oh, Carl Anthony Towns probably should be the other guy. He might be a center, though. Uh, so you're so you're going to get Anthony Davis is going to get his twenty four million. Yes, probably deservingly so. Uh, despite the twenty six and forty three, is there anything about Cousins and uh, Anthony Davis that they should be at all responsible for a tw- as we do this interview a twenty seven and forty three team and a twenty six and forty three team? Uh, we're not voting on MVP, but we're voting on best players at their position. And so I'm giving those guys, they're the number one guys on the other team's scouting report going in. And they have uh, the responsibility of carrying their teams, really both guys. Um, they deserve, sure, they deserve some of the um, the negative effect of the losses. But without them, there'd be a lot more losses. All right. Uh, final thing for you as we wrap up, uh, just because I saw it the other day. Have you seen Milwaukee recently? No. Okay. Then I won't ask you. The Adetokounmpo point guard thing is just, it's incredible. It's it just looks strange to start. Like, it's just bizarre to see the seven-foot guy bring the ball up the floor and start the offense. It's, it's just wild. It's worth watching on League Pass for anybody out there who's, who's watching it.
Scout, thank you very much for the time. I look forward to chatting again. And uh, uh, I told the other scout that uh, I want to compile my what I'm going to call my Taj Gibson All-Stars. So those are the players that just help you win. Probably don't get talked about enough, but they just help you win. So that, that would be the NBA scouts, right? Right. Yeah. That's really who they are. That's what we should probably name the team. <laughs> sure, that sounds good. All right. Well, you can chew on that one and see who you want to put on the roster. Scout, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Have a great week and a good end of the season. Thank you. So Scout 1 and Scout 2 are now both in the books. Thanks for tuning in, downloading Locked on NBA. Please leave five stars if you don't mind. Locked is your promo code at SeatGeek to get yourself your $20 back after the first purchase. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll have more for you next week.